Okay. Hey, welcome everyone to the Stallone Podcast Network. I am one of three hosts of this network. I am Ryan. I do Going the Distance, the Rocky, and Creed series podcasts on that feed. Craig? Hey, what's going on? Well, (laughs) (laughs) am I supposed to plug? I kind of feel like plugging is if you're listening to this and you don't know who or what we're doing. Uh, that's right. true, I guess. I mean, you, you, well, tell people that are maybe new to the – you never know. Somebody might just be a victory fanatic and they're listening to this episode. And they're like, oh, you guys actually do other shows on your feed. That's the whole point. You never know who you're going to grab. It could be one person. All right. Well, so uh, I'm Craig Cohen. I'm part of the Stallone Fan Podcast Network. And my contribution, in addition to the monthly show that we do, is the Slycast, which is a chronological look at Sylvester Stallone's career from his first movie all the way to his last movie, which hasn't happened yet. Right now, we're floating around in the, the mid-90s. Our last episode was Assassins. And before we get to daylight, we're going to take a nice little trip back to the 80s and uh, early 90s for uh, some anniversary episodes in November. We're going to be doing a 35th anniversary episode for Rocky IV and a 30, 30th anniversary special for Rocky V. And there's a lot of great content there. You can look for that in this very feed come November. Are we guessing on that, Slycast, Doug and I, to record something? Is that what? Uh, Hopefully, as soon as we're done doing this live, I can get some comments from you guys. If not, we'll set up another time. Right now, um, I've got a whole bunch of conversations I've had with people and got some listener input as well. So Yeah, I want to give give some input. I do. I want to talk about it. I don't think this recording is going to be that long. This I don't know. I got a weird feeling this might be our shortest... We'll see how it goes. Well, it, it, well it's weird. And, and before Doug does yeah. his plug, I want to say the one thing that's fascinating about Victory is it's like a two-hour-long movie, but it's like 40 minutes worth of content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we'll get to that for sure. Doug, Doug the plug. Let's go. Yeah. Um, one of the hosts of, of The Rocky Minute, uh, one of the podcasts that's on the Sylvester Sloan Fan Podcast Network. And uh, the gimmick on our show is where Craig does Stallone movies chronologically. We do minutes of the Rocky films chronologically. We go minute by minute through each movie and we analyze each individual minute of film time. Uh, We've completed Rockies 1 and 2 and our version of Judge Dredd is Rocky 3. We are working on it and getting it out to you guys as quickly as possible. Well, like we said before, the uh, the Rocky – I don't like to say spam. That's not the good word. Spam would mean it's unwanted content. But the Rocky upload on our feed of the Rocky Minute uh, Season 1, Rocky 1, has been fantastic. How close are we are to the end here? Almost through Rocky 1. I think I got maybe two more or three more weeks worth. Awesome. So by Christmas, we'll be listening to Season 2. Definitely. That's Definitely. awesome. Hopefully, uh, I could get out all of season two by Christmas. That'd be awesome. And then we can start rolling into season three, Rocky three in 2021. That's right. I got some editing to do. <laughs> get to work. You need to turn it to Craig. <laughs> all right. Well, as we do, so like we said before, we're the three hosts for three different podcasts on one network. We all have our own little spin and uh, spin and flavor, as you will, for our individual shows. But I think we... Uh, well, just like Paulie accused of Rocky and Rocky Balboa, I think we do. We have peaked. I think we peak when it comes to us joining forces. I think the quality of our podcasting is at a peak when we uh, come together and talk about um, a Stallone film that's 
we kind of agreed before this all started that it's kind of it's not going to be a Rocky or Rambo film necessarily. It doesn't mean it can never be, but I think we're going to cover those in our own ways, like uh, Craig's doing on his show, and like I've done on mine. Uh, the Rocky and Rambo franchises are kind of like I think those are kind of sacred to each own podcaster. So we, we're covering films that aren't franchise films or aren't those two franchise films. And today we're doing we did another vote, and this one was close. This was a close race between what were the three films again? Victory. Fist, Paradise Alley, Paradise Alley and Fist. And Fist yeah. When we put the polls up to the listeners, we always try to make sure it's 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 a you know three movies of equal caliber or fandom to make it tight for the race. And it was very tight. I'm talking those two or three votes between Victory and Fist. Fist. I was pulling for Fist. I thought you picked Victory, Craig. No, Victory is mine. I think. Oh, I, I, I kind of thought that this was just we established that we were going to do like three movies that sort of hung out around the same sort of time frame yeah or theme if you will i mean mm-hmm. they're all kind of serious sly movies so yeah i mean i think i was assigned <laughs> i don't even remember what i was assigned but i voted for fist <laughs> yeah fist uh that was actually the alternative name for party uh, Kitty and how many times are you gonna use that joke <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you out on your own show. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Craig barely, barely uh, cracking a smile. He's surprised. He, Craig is always disappointed to me. I think that's his. Uh, I think he's always. <laughs> he's like, I had a good thing going with the Slycast guys. They're professionals. They're uh, you know, Ryan comes along and okay with so, his toilet humor. Yeah, uh, he's well, always disappointed in us. Yes, I know. He's, he's a disappointed too. father. We are like a couple children compared to him. I was kind of, funny enough, I was kind of rooting for Fist, but I'm happy that we got Victory as well, because this is a film that I haven't seen. Well, I've seen Victory before, like we always do. We'll talk about the first time we've seen it, when it might have been before this recording. So the first time I saw Victory was back when I was in grade school. I haven't seen it in 30 years, at least, because I'm 45 this month. So to say that I've seen it since I was 15 might be a stretch. So it's been... 30 plus years since I've sat down to watch this film and I would have seen it in grade school type thing because of my love of Rocky and uh, Rambles as a kid. So I was watching films with Sly and I don't remember not liking it. I don't remember not not liking it. I just don't really remember much of it. In fact, when I watched it for the first time, we'll get into it. I felt like I was watching it for the first time. I forgot how it ended. I forgot why we had the, the soccer match or the football match. All those things. Uh, Craig, when was the last time you saw this? Or when was the first time you saw this? First time I saw it was probably sometime in the 80s, probably the home box office. And then prior to sitting down to watch it for this recording, I had sat down to watch it for probably what was episode three or four of the Slycast. That was when we were doing the Slycast. We were, for those that were there from the beginning, they may remember that the Slycast was originally envisioned as like a a maxi series, if you will. And we were going to do, I think 13 episodes. And then we were having so much fun and it was so successful creatively, not financially, um, (laughs) that we decided to dedicate a a movie per episode. So victory was, I think lumped in with fist. So this is actually going to be pretty cool to to sit down and and actually have an episode dedicated to it because Slycast never got a dedicated episode. It, It had to share whatever minutes we had with other movies we talked about. Right. Before we started this this little side project of ours, I never knew this movie even existed. Um, wow. I've heard of Fist. I heard of Paradise Alley and all those other 
early Stallone films. And when we started this and, and we got to the point where we were going to go through his filmography and pick a movie that we wanted to on, um, I picked Victory really early on as as one of my choices just because I was like, oh, wow, Stallone is a soccer player in a in a World War II period piece. This sounds like very interesting. So I picked it. It didn't win back then, but here we are. And, and I finally got to watch it. I'm glad I got to watch it. John Huston directed this that. film. Mm-hmm. And I went through his filmography. I knew the name, but I haven't seen any of his films other than Victory. Now, is it V for Victory or Victory? It's really confusing. Well, it's funny because the official name is what? Escape, Escape to Victory, to which I always called it V for Victory. I think Victory, from what I read, was the official name. And some other release or, or, some, or overseas release, it was called Escape to Victory. Or Escape for Victory. Was it ever called V for Victory? Am I wrong about I that? Okay. I think so. Okay. So, so <laughs> sorry, so, I just made so, one up. So, Ryan, you've like never seen the Maltese Falcon or the remake Key Largo. But uh, oh, okay. no, I uh, I looked at his filmography, and there's a lot of films on there that legitimately, is like, you know, I would like to see that. I, I like going back to old films that I missed, obviously, because I wasn't born. And uh, yeah, John Huston, to say that he has, you know, didn't have a great career is an understatement. He had a great career. He was an award. He actually won a Golden Globe for acting, too. I mean, this guy was a prolific entertainer, mm-hmm. director, actor, writer, producer. But yeah, this is the only film I've ever seen. And right off the top, I will say that it it looks nice. The film looks it looks like a real film. Oh yeah, yeah. If you had this film on mute, it looks like a really good film. <laughs> you know, it, I was uh, I was kind of surprised at the cinematography aspect of it mm-hmm. because Very like big I, wide you know, screen. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that two, yeah. it's that two three five one the true mm-hmm. true widescreen. There's one really sweeping overhead shot of the concentration camp that they're in. And it's really, really like a beautiful shot. I was shocked that, you know, I knowing nothing about this movie, I kind of just thought it was like a, you know, an early 80s, low budget kind of right. toss away. But I didn't see what the budget was, Ryan. I'm sure you got those numbers. It looks like a lot went into the production and the cinematography of it. Craig, you're going to say something more about John Houston. I think I might have interrupted you on that. No, not at all. I was okay. just... You made me do a double take to make sure that we were talking about the same John Huston because I was like, wow, that guy made a lot of classic movies in the, you know, the 40s. Yeah, older movies, of course. I mean, he's an older gentleman, but he did make a a lot of films, worked with a lot of different actors from, I guess, Stallone to from Jack Nicholson to Prissy's Honor, which I still haven't seen. That's a movie I would still like to see. So there's movies that he's done that I would like to see. So off the top, it's like John Huston film. So when that credit rolled up, and I should say for the movie that I watched, the version that I watched, thank you, shout out to Andy for his copy. <laughs> I will just say that. It said Victory. The title was Victory. Yeah, what? yeah. Uh-huh. So wherever this film was filmed or shown to whatever crowd, the official film title is Victory. And I think I like that one better. Yeah. So let's talk about the uh, players that we have, well, literally and figuratively, the players in the film. We have Michael Caine, who is a strapping young lad of 48 in this film. Uh, I, I tell you, man, Michael Caine never ceases to amaze me. That guy can act the shit out of any role you give him. Yeah. For his character, it was, I think, a well-written role. Man, he, he killed it. He's like the MVP of this movie. Again, and well, the funny thing is, he still took second billing to Sly, which yeah. is kind of funny because, I mean, for like, let's say, Academy Award nominations, Michael Caine was the 
he was the lead. Sly mm-hmm. was the supporting actor. Yeah. Did you read any of the the trivia on it? What year? First of all, what year was this? 81. 81. 81. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Okay. And Which is wild because Sly was really, really slimmed down for this. I mean, of course yeah. he had to be. He was playing a prisoner of war. Wow. So this is like like right right around the time he was probably getting ready to do First Blood. Yeah. Rocky Three was. I don't know if Rocky Three had been filmed yet or not. No. No. Uh, Rocky Three was after First Blood. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they were both eighty-two, right? Rocky uh, three was eighty-two. Yeah, first blood was. Mike sure. Kunda's cursing us right now. Oh. Uh, like I always say, don't worry, he never um, listens to my show. So if I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, sure. first blood was nineteen eighty-two. So going back to Stallone real quick, yeah, Frank, I didn't mean to cut you off. This is the mindset here, talking about him getting top billing and stuff. He refused to eat with the other cast members. And he kept leaving every weekend to fly to London or Paris in a private jet. He wasn't even commiserating with the other cast members. That's, that's a nice flex. Talk about a flex. He insisted mm-hmm. that his character scores the game-winning goal. Insisted. <laughs> because he felt like he was the biggest star of the movie. But the crew convinced him how absurd it is for a goalkeeper to score yeah. a game-winning goal. So they settled and, and let him make a game-saving save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead. Make no mistake, though. Pele is the biggest star in this movie. I mean, oh my god, Pele was an international. I mean, Pele was a big deal. I mean, for listeners who aren't young enough to remember when Pele was an active, Pele was big deal. He was like the Michael mm-hmm. Jordan of football or soccer for anybody. Yes, yeah, so let's just say if we just forgive us, anyone from the UK, and we have a lot of UK and Australian listeners. Just leave us alone. We call it soccer, okay? Get, o- <laughs> get over yourself, all right? We play football and play soccer, too. <laughs> Thank you for the trivia, Doug, and I, I want to speak to it because we actually just on our going the distance feed talked about Stallone's Oscar snub. It comes up often, of course. What we read about that, of course, was that people legitimately in an anonymous interviews, they legitimately said that they wouldn't vote for Sly to win the Oscar because of his ego. Even in 2015? Dude, have you ever worked with somebody and 10 years later you haven't worked with them, but you still think they're a dick? Yeah. yeah I, I hate to say it. Hollywood's a small family in many ways. It's its own little world, right? And it doesn't have a lot of people in it compared to the other – even in my, my little uh, military in the Navy that I'm in, you know, you kind of get to know people through reputation and what have you. If, if you have a bad reputation, it follows you everywhere. Even to quote-unquote if you can change. And I would mm-hmm. say Sly is – I would suspect, at least on the surface – He's humbled over the years. He's 70, what is he, 76 now? 74? Yeah, 74. 74. All those straight-to-DVD straight movies will humble you. Look, Craig, if, if I can change, and you can <laughs> change, <laughs> everybody can change. Sly, as we know, puts those in his films, those types of ideal, uh, ideas and thoughts, because he's going through them himself. I'll just say that Sly, at the age of 74, I think he is more grounded and humble. And I think by his own admission. Well, he's already said that he's made stupid mistakes. And he was stupid in his younger years. So he's 35 when this came out. That's like over half his life ago. I cut him slack. And I feel, and I feel bad for anyone that gets punished. I am not the same person I was when I was 20-something. It's impossible. None of us are. Yeah. And so I think it is unfair to judge Sly today of his behavior yesterday. We're talking about nothing criminal here. We're just talking for anybody. I mean, obviously, we're just saying people change and people grow and they get humbled and life changes them. And people in Hollywood, I I would suspect they might hold a grudge. Like you said, if 
burning bridges, especially in a in a town like Hollywood, I'm sure you don't get too many. Uh, like the Bible says, you don't get too many second chances. I think the Bible just said that. I, I I don't want to curse in a holy place like this. Uh, so <laughs> so Michael came. Uh, he was 48. Great job, handsome man, <clears throat> looking good for 48. Uh, a little bit older than I thought he was, and I double checked, but. It was kind of interesting because he talked to, I guess for our listeners, we should say, Doug, do you have a basic overview of what the movie's about? English prisoners of war in a, in a German, it's not exactly a concentration camp or a labor camp. It's, I mean, what would you call it? Just a, camp. Just a POW camp. Yeah. 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 Like, the prisoners aren't being mistreated. One of the, the majors on the, the German army was a uh, German national soccer player. He recognizes Michael Caine's character from being a, an English soccer player and challenges the English POWs to a soccer game. What's the verdict on Williams? Regrettable mistake. The whole bloody war's a regrettable mistake. I agree. Do you? Well, you can believe me or not, it's nothing to me. If nations could settle their differences on the football pitch, wouldn't that be a challenge? How would you like to play a game against a team from the Wehrmacht? A team from the army base nearby. What for? Settle the war? Unfortunately, no. Let's say, for morale. Yours or ours? For both. Life in this place must be very boring. What sort of team? Are they any good? I haven't chosen a team. It's just an idea. It's not an order. You can't make us play. Oh, it's a challenge. Meanwhile, the English officers that are in the POW camp hatch an escape plan to get the soccer team to escape from the POW camp during the game. I suppose you hadn't thought of going via Paris, had you? No, Paris, no, sir. I think you'd find it easier. They wouldn't expect you to go that way. Hmm. But I'm still in occupied territory. Where do I go from there? Uh, we could supply you with contacts, names and safe houses. You'd be uh, well looked after. <laughs> no thanks. But I want to thank you all for your concern, but I'm really not planning on seeing Paris until after the war. Why, Colonel? We want you to contact the resistance for us and arrange the escape of the football team. Colby's escape? All of them. The whole team. This match is a propaganda stunt for the Germans. It's a wonderful opportunity for us. But why send me? The French may have thought of all this themselves. Indeed, they may. But then again, they may not. We have to get word to them somehow. What do you want me to do? Find out if an escape is feasible. Ask them to try it. If they won't? They won't. But they'd help you to get to Spain or Switzerland. I suppose I could do that. Wonderful. Thank you. I'll go over the details with you tonight. Not a word to Colby. They'll have to know something. You'll have to know you're going. I really don't believe this. Well, this freaking game is wrecking my life. The soccer game happens. I don't want to spoil yeah, the, we'll, the ending, we'll, yeah, but... we'll save it. The good thing about the movie, it starts right away. We're in a POW camp. It's World War II. The prisoners are all allied forces. We've got people from all over Europe. And we should say that the soccer players who are playing... Or correction, the, the actors that were playing prisoners from their respective countries, these were real soccer players from those countries. To skip ahead a little bit, obviously, to the end of the film when we're watching the soccer play. We'll get to that later. But that's why the soccer plays and uh, what have you look so good is because these mm -hmm. were real soccer mm -hmm. players 
doing the dance on the field and doing those moves. Paley notwithstanding, there was like five to eight or ten or if not more yeah. real professional, the top of the world type soccer players in this film. So good for them to be cast in this. It kind of That's fun, you know, they actually – you do this as a job, you know, or as your career as you're a soccer player. But, yeah, hey, we get to kick a ball around the film with Michael mm-hmm. Keane and Stallone. That's pretty cool. It's got to be to this day probably what the best football film there is. If you're a soccer fan and a fan of those footballers, can you think of any other movie like ben, where, like you, Beckham? Could, were there real players <laughs> in that? Uh, there's a hot girl who played the lead. This had to be pretty exciting in 1981 if you were like an international soccer fan. So Sly's first word of the film, right out of the playground, script book. So the soccer ball gets kicked out of play, and Max von Sindel's character holds it under his foot. He's a very tall, lanky fellow, isn't he? Or is that just how he looks? Yeah, yeah he was pretty. He was pretty tall. Yeah. Well, was that Sly, guy ever? Sly was short, I guess. But yeah, go ahead. Was he ever young? <laughs> no, no, he's one of those guys. He was six four. Was he really? Oh, he's a tall dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is tall. Okay, very, very imposing figure. Yeah, he he and Tom Lee Jones have, are both three hundred years old. They have never. <laughs> Tommy Jones has never been young either. Uh, it's weird how some people they just never look young. Mm-hmm. Even when you see a picture of Tom, have you looked at the Tommy Jones like his high school photo? He looks like he's thirty eight. Yeah. <laughs> so and I don't know if you remember, he just died back in March. Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. Max no, von Sydow. I know. <laughs> the first line out of Sly's mouth for this film was, "Can I have my ball back?" They said, "Can I have my ball back?" That's how and he gets uh, nice. Stunt footwork from whoever was doubling Max von Sydow. Oh, you don't think that was Max doing that uh, play with the soccer ball? <laughs> you know, sp- speaking of doubles, I also read that Michael Caine was just a simply awful soccer player. <laughs> There's one shot in the movie where you see him go down and you can, I mean, they did a pretty good job, but you can tell it's not Michael Caine. Like, mm-hmm. you can just tell it's like a guy with Michael Caine type hair. <laughs> and like yeah. 50 pounds lighter. <laughs> no offense to michael kane again this is just, i i love getting the real ages of the actors when they're playing these films because he says to one of the german officers uh, michael kane's character who's called colby he says that uh he played soccer and and the guy insinuated that his career was over he goes no my career is on pause you are the sport for you i'm colby colby that's very familiar it's a common name yeah, very enthusiastic. No bloody good, but very enthusiastic, yeah. You play matches? Oh, yeah, we have a league, four divisions. We even play internationals. Internationals? Yeah. England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Oh, you call that international? Would be international if you played against Germany. <laughs> We'd murder you. Oh, 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 oh. Colby, John Colby. Yes, West Ham United and England. That's right. It's a shame the war has ended your career. Interrupted. Let's hope so. Dude, you're 48. There's no way you're playing. (laughs) This running game. Soccer is like the most cardio crazy game in the world. Yeah. I was actually surprised that he took a player's role in it. I thought he was just going to be like the head coach. That's a good point, though, because this movie wouldn't – the whole plot and idea and all of Kane's parts – wouldn't have changed had they just made him the head coach. And it would have been more believable mm-hmm. and, we, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But he's a player and leader. It's kind of weird. 
Let's talk about Stallone's character, uh, Hatch. He was a uh, an American officer, American special forces type guy, but he was working with the Canadian military, which is kind of odd. I, they didn't explain yeah, it, and I'm, I'm in the Canadian military, and I'm trying to... We definitely work with uh, allied forces, but even me, I was just like, I don't know why even have that plot point. Why make that about him? And he was the lone American in the camp, too, it seemed. My guess is, this is the only thing I can think of, is because obviously Sly is American, right? I think what they're doing is everyone that played in the soccer game against the Germans were allied forces, but none of them were U.S. And so it was a way of saying the reason why we have an American in our midst I'm not a history buff, but my understanding is the U.S. didn't really join the fight until the drop in the Pearl Harbor uh, attack. Then, then the U.S. entered the war full force. This might have been pre-Pearl Harbor. And so this is a way, mm-hmm. even though, of course, uh, yeah. the U.S. had a military force, of course, a very big one. But this might have been their way of, like, how do we get American <clears throat> caught in a POW camp before the bombing of Pearl Harbor? Well, he's working with the Canadian forces. He gets captured. There's also a similar issue with Pele being from Brazil. And Brazil wasn't entered in, in the war uh, either, so they said that he was from Trinidad. Yeah, let's just uh, pick uh, another country that has black people and not have him. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, can't they just make him American? Uh, weren't there, weren't not there... with that accent. I, I guess, yeah. yeah. He does have a very strong accent. You know what you could argue? Honestly, you should have just made him from France. Uh, a lot of black people live in France, and it would have. A, I would have been tricked by that accent. Oh, it sort of sounds French. But Paley was great. You could see his charisma on screen. Uh, we'll we'll get to him a little in a little bit. Great cast of supporting characters. Everyone that was acting, the uh, British officers or the European officers, were all great actors. Sly's character. I understand he was cavalier and a little bit goofy, but again, it was weird as a weird director's choice or or a casting idea to make him goofy-ish, a little bit like. Did, silly wasn't he a little bit silly in his acting it seemed like he was in certain situations because like when it came down to the escape he was all business right when it came down to talking about the escape he was all business yeah. you know with the soccer stuff when he's trying to ingratiate himself to uh, michael kane i guess i should have made it clear yeah anything to do with the soccer game and the plane itself he seemed almost this was the first time he's ever touched a ball in his life it was, was kind of weird about pick me pick me i want to be on the team Okay, I'm ready to sign up. Sign up, Hank. What about me? Get out there. What about me? Get out there and play. You see that? Am I good or am I good? What's your name? You know my name. What's your name? Terry. Toby. Toby, I've been looking for you. You know that football team of yours? You know what you can do with that football team? Do you know where you can put it? Because I don't want to be on that football team. As a matter of fact, you couldn't pay me to be on that football team, Colby. You got it, Colby? I don't need you or your football team anymore. You got it? I don't need this aggravation, Colby. It was a horribly written how he, he as a character wanted on the – now, he wanted to go on the team originally because he was going to get better meals. I think his, his initial – wanted to be on the team, had nothing to do with the escape, because he was planning escapes long before the team w- was uh, going to play against the Germans, right? Yeah. Before he knew about the idea for the game, he was meeting with those European officers about escaping during shower time. Anything else? No, no. Let's have Hatch in. Hatch! Sorry to keep you waiting. You're American? Hmm. Enlisted Canadian Army 38 transferred commanders. How long have you been with us? Since Dieppe. How many attempts? 
Mm, two on the way, three since then. Time before last, I got as far as Stuttgart. How's this one going? Well, sir, the whole thing depends on the fact that some of the goons don't patrol when we're having a shower. Um, some of them. Yes, like Hans and Anton. At least one of them should be outside walking back and forth, but they know we're inside having a shower. So they come inside, lean against the door, have a smoke if they can bum one, and I think if somebody went missing, they wouldn't report it. Why not? They wouldn't be sure. They think they'd miscount it and leave it until roll call. And if you could cover for me at roll call, I could be gone for days. Wait a minute. You're going too fast for me. How are you going to get out of the wash house? There's a vent in the shower room. It leads into a storeroom or something. Yes, I know. It must have been built as a lavatory to match the one on the German side. If I can get in there with something to pick the lock. And you'll be back in the enclosure where you started. But I'd be all alone. There's no one there. Now I could get onto the roof, go underneath the barbed wire, and drop into the German compound. <laughs> naked. And uh, how are you planning to get out of the German compound, naked? I've got five or six ideas. Should we discuss them? He knew the routes of the guards. He knew when there would be holes in there, the rounds and everything. He was studying them. This is where I get to say, hey, yes, uh, Ryan, are you in the military? Yes, I am. Because, because check. <laughs> yeah, check. The, the reason, so there's things, it's interesting when you're like, I'm, again, we've, I'm only in the Navy, but I have, you know, some military background outside of the Navy. And just understanding little things like, one, uh, when the officers salute, it always drives me crazy when people salute. Maybe it's different for different countries, but there's rules you do. You don't salute somebody when they're sitting down. Uh, you don't salute behind their back. You salute to their front. If you're saluted, you salute back as a courtesy. So I was a little bit confused by the rank system. If I initiate the salute, that means I'm a lower rank. Because Max von Sindel's character, who the German uh, officer in the camp there, he saluted, which was a courtesy. He saluted Michael Caine's character, the enemy uh, uh, officer. But I, I didn't know the rank structure enough to know who was a higher rank. It was kind of rude for Michael Caine not to acknowledge his character, to acknowledge the salute or to return it. The prisoner prisoner guard relationship that seemed really informal. I, I don't know. Every time you hear about Nazis, it's what horrible, awful group of people they were. Max von Sydow is he's actually like a, like I, I ended up liking his character. Yeah. You know, he wasn't a hard ass. He wasn't beating prisoners down. He was showing that prisoners respect. He was showing the prisoners rank respect. Ryan, you're talking about saluting. You would salute officers of your own military. I don't you know you salute uh, other militaries. I mean, enemy militaries? Well, there's no reason why you wouldn't if you were on neutral ground. Okay. And so the prison camp, in a weird way, is sort of like, even though you're prisoner, short at least in this prison camp, at least this German prison camp, there was some sort of decorum and uh, respect mm -hmm. of humanity and treatment. And you brought up a good point there, Doug, that the idea that they were there was sympathy, or we had sympathy, quote unquote, for the enemy. It just uh, there's a lot of stories in in World War II history and world and a lot of different wars when the people who aren't in control of, I like I'm just fighting for my country because I was born in Germany. You know, mm -hmm. I I don't hate Jews, I don't want people to die, but I'm German and I guess I got to fight the Americans. But when they got to know each other, there's a lot of stories of enemies becoming friends because they're just people. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be in a war. Nobody looks forward to war. Hey, great, we get to have a fight again. Woohoo! I hope I never go to war. I hope I never have to use my knowledge to in, in, a, in a combat situation. Like, nobody wants that. You don't look for it. We got a couple comments here. First, E.M. King says that Sly broke his fingers from a shot by Pele while in net. I heard he also broke his ribs, too. 
Now, let me guess. Uh, the, the soccer ball punched him in the ribs and he went to the hospital? They talked about using a stunt double for Sly and he refused because he figures oh, it's only soccer. How, how hard can soccer be? <laughs> this guy. So, so he ended up with broken fingers, a broken rib, and he actually said the training for the soccer for the soccer scenes was harder than any training he did for Rocky. There is a credited double for him, though. There was, um, yeah. Paul Cooper. Maybe after he broke his fingers, he, he tapped. <laughs> he tapped yeah. Drew B. chimed in. He said, Victory is tied with Over the Top and Rocky Four as the best sports movies of all time. So we got someone there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, a, an opinion or a fact, but that's what Drew, <laughs> Drew B. says that. Over the top in Rocky Four. Well, the fact that he puts over the top tied with anything for the best of is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm getting at with Sly's character is just the way he, almost like a little kid. He, Sly was 35 in this film. If I was the director, John Houston, I would have played, you know how he was serious regarding, yeah, you're right. He was serious regarding the escape attempts. He was serious when he was talking about escape, the way he watched the guards. Oh, that was good stuff. And Sly mm-hmm. plays that role of the soldier very well, of the, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think he does. No, I was going to say, before before you finish your thought, oh. while we're talking about him watching the guards, in 2020, watching this movie, and he's counting as he's washing his hands, I was oh. like, <laughs> is he yeah. making sure that he gets rid of the virus? 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 seconds. <laughs> but then when he went to go talk to Michael Caine to show that he's able to play soccer, and I know he is supposed to be a bad player because he's American. He doesn't know how to play football. You know, he only knows to play American football, so we see him actually tackle a player. But come on, even in World War II time, Americans must have known that soccer you don't tackle, or maybe they didn't. Is it that new of a sport? I don't know when soccer made its way to the States. What's your guys' experience with the game? Did you play at all, soccer at all, growing up? Yeah. I remember in, probably it was middle school, we used to have soccer during gym class, it says soccer came to the United States in 1862. Well, I believe it. Yeah, but how popular it became, yeah. I was surprised about how much tackling they do with their feet. I know that's an actual play in the game of soccer, but maybe somebody, not in our comments because we have nobody watching, but uh, maybe uh, people could just chime in in the comments on the Facebook feed or whatever because I know it's a film, but they, they were actually practicing those sliding kicks. And I don't know how legal that is in soccer to keep tackling with your feet. I don't know if that's allowed or not. Sly did that move twice out of the goal to block the ball. He did that slide. They liked it so much, they showed him doing it twice. Right. And a couple of times, those plays were not called penalties because they the Germans bought off the refs or whatever. The Allies were calling for penalties when the Germans were doing that exact play, but I don't know the rules of it. When Sly or when his character tackled that guy in the uh, camp when they're practicing, and he was told that he can't tackle, did you get his response to what soccer is? It was not something that you'd say in in 2020. Stupid bloody yuck. What the hell do you think this is? Bloody hell. Well, what I do? You know bloody well. Now, you tell me what I do. You cannot tackle like that in soccer. I've been telling you that for a bloody year. I'll just go over the ball. You use that bloody American style again here and you'll be barred. Like you playing English, I play American. Well, don't play the bloody American game. Get off. Hey, what kind of game is this? For old ladies and fairies? I quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a fair statement to say in 1942 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Even 1981. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so Hatch on his own figures out an escape route. Why is every prison escape route through the sewers? 
Why is every sewer 10 feet high? <laughs> Not in Shawshank Redemption, it wasn't. Yeah. But I always find it interesting in the movies of the sewer. You know, it's a big circle. Like, it's just like yeah. mega huge pipes. Is that the way they are? Are they four to five feet tall? Yeah. When they're prepping to, to build an underground, I don't know if it's sewer or, or like a waterway or whatever. They, You've they never seen like the end concrete. of one of them either? Like, I've seen yeah, those in the movies and stuff. You know, they, is that what they are? Oh, is that, is, yeah, yeah. Like, is in that real what, life, I remember. Yeah. Okay. When I lived in New Jersey, I used to see those. We had a park near my house. There was a part of the park where, like, if you went off the trail, you would see the end of one of those drainage or whatever it was. And I mean, and you could stand up inside of it. So for our listeners, what's happened here is Hatch has found a way to get out of the camp. He's figured out the guard's routine of uh, when a car leaves at a certain time of night. And if he's in the showers, he can climb up through the shower up into the top of the on top of the shower building, down the shower building, passing on the guards and lights, gets into a car, inside the car, goes out of the gate. It's a pretty cool little escape scene. Well, it's actually kind of well done. He was told that when he gets to France, he used to tell the French resistance, hey, there's going to be a soccer game in France with the Germans, an exhibition game for morale and all this good stuff to show that the Germans aren't animals, so to speak, that we play soccer to. So when he gets to the French resistance... He tells them, hey, we got a group of people that want to escape. We need your help. Can you help them break? Can you basically break these guys who are going to be playing at the soccer game? The French resistance like, sure, we'll, we'll do it. It's pretty ingenious what they're going to do. What they're going to do is they're going to go through the sewer system. They're going to dig into the, uh, the shower. Now, I know it's a movie, but that's an amazing amount of pinpoint accuracy that they were able to go through the proper sewer to the actual shower stall. Imagine if they got the wrong shower stall. <laughs> This is what they do. They're professionals. I guess. All they do is liberate people. I think I'm just stupid. I think at the end of the day, I'm just dumb. Like, if I was a part of the French resistance, they're like, hey, Ryan, we need your, uh, Le Ryan, we need your help. We need you to get us out of the showers. I'm like, uh, like, I wouldn't even, how would I even know which sewer system connected to that shower stall? And like I said, how do they know which ones they were in? I'm sure you got maps. Sewage maps, sewer system maps. Okay, if I gave you 24 hours, would you be able to find a sewage, the sewage line from Walmart to the Coliseum in your local town? Definitely not. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm not a resistance fighter. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I know it's just a movie, but I always love that pinpoint accuracy that they were able to. And they, and they were able to, at the right time, break through the, uh, the, the floor of the shower right during halftime. This is amazing. How, how cool did that look, though, when they broke <laughs> through the floor and all the water like came rushing down? It's a great practical effect. I agree. And the guy came yeah, out underneath awesome. of the, that water with the ladder. That's a real <laughs> water flow <laughs> coming on that poor guy. Let's go back to uh, Sly's escape. So he escapes. Oh, shoot, I wanted to mention being in the military. I always find it funny in movies when they count. Like we're talking about the count the guards. You know, they're pacing 10 feet. They're turning around. I've done sentry duty in my military career. I never do the same thing twice. Like I might stand for 10 seconds here, move around there. In fact, that is actually a better way to be a sentry. It's interesting how in movies, the guards are always robotic. They're doing the same pacing. There's only one military post where the pacing is exactly the same, and that's the too many unknown soldier. Yeah. Good point. Again, it's another clever little thing in a movie where real people in real prison camps or real centuries in the real military throughout the world, I would assume people are just standing guard. It's boring. 80% of security is presence. You're just making yourself visible to the enemy like, hey, we're here. In fact, you would be told, don't do the same thing twice. Be unpredictable for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he does escape, the Stallone dummy that the guy's 
that the guys use. I love that. I love that sequence. <laughs> it looks just like him. <laughs> yeah, so for our listeners, when Sloan's character escapes, they actually put together a mannequin of sorts, a piece together a, a mannequin that sort of looks like Sly that they would use in the head count. So every morning they would do a head count to make sure that no one had escaped. It was like a roster call, a roll call. The enemy guards would count the allied forces. Okay, everyone's here. And because it's kind of crowded and everything, Sly's head, the top of his head, as a mannequin, his character would just be counted. They wouldn't realize that this was a, a fake person to later in the film. But it was noted that this mannequin did such a good job impersonating Sly that he actually <laughs> acted in the rest of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> they found his speech to be a lot less slurry. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a pretty fun little mannequin. And what I actually liked about it is when the mannequin was discovered by the enemy forces, their reaction of laughing at their own being in trouble was actually a very real reaction. They're like, we're already in prison. What are you going to do to us? We're prisoners of war. Why not have a little bit of fun? And that's very military-ish, that jocularity amongst men to be silly and stupid amongst adversity. I really liked the prison camaraderie and the um, depiction of the people in prison. Where it was very well done. A little bit of Hogan Heroes at times. But very well done. Yeah. And it confused me because this was another part where I said, oh, man, these guys are in trouble. They're going to get whooped. They're going to get beat. But nothing happens. They kind of just laugh it off. And even when they bring Stallone back. Officers are treated much differently. I think this was an officer prisoner camp. When Michael Caine's character asked for non-officers to play on this team, Mm -hmm. they came from a different camp. And that's why when they came from that different camp, they were malnourished. There are some good players on here. British, French, Dutch, even a Norwegian. What about the Poles and the Czechs? I mean, off the top of my head, I could think of half a dozen East European players who would have to be on that squad. Isn't that so, Muller? I'm sorry, I cannot let you have any Eastern Europeans. Why not? It's impossible. Officially, they do not exist. Germany does not recognize them as prisoners of war. They're in labor camps. Well, maybe not officially, but they do exist as players, don't they? I don't know whether these East European players are alive or dead, but you can find that out. As an officer and a gentleman, you are obliged to give me a marginal chance of winning. Make your list, Captain. I'll see what I can do. They were Polish and Czech players. I didn't know if that was because of the country they were from. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's more than just the fact they weren't officers. But I got the feeling that everyone in this camp was officers or higher ranking type people. That's why they kind of had more posh bunks and Mm -hmm. freedom to move around. So even in the military back then, you kind of treat officers better than you would us terrible grunts, so to speak. Okay. Now, the woman, what was the female actress's name in the film? Did anyone catch it? The was one it, female? Yeah. In the movie, it was cast as introducing her. This is, She's a French actress. This was her first first American-type film or first American-released film. She went on to do quite a bit of stuff, and I will say she's extremely attractive. But you know who she looked like? She looks like a French Adrian. Mm. Don't she? But she looks like a doppelganger if Adrian was like really hot and French. It just the same dark complexion, dark hair. When Sly, go, his character, goes to the resistance meeting place, of course, the one place he meets at is the residence of a widow and her son. And, mm-hmm. of course, we know right away we've got this handsome 35-year-old with this pretty single widowed lady. We don't see any real connection because he's only there maybe 24 hours, maybe. 
I guess they form a very quick emotional connection. And when he leaves to go, oh yeah, we should say he has to go back to prison. The reason why his character has to go back to prison and get caught again is because he needs to give the information to the soccer team. Hey, guess what? The French resistance has agreed to uh, get you guys, have you guys escape at halftime at the soccer game. And down the sewer here, we discover a foundation pile of the stadium. Hmm, sounds good to me. But we must make sure which one it is. We have to find the original plans. We think the best chance to escape will be from the visitor's hmm. dressing room. Yeah, maybe they'll be left alone at halftime. Maybe, but we can run into a concrete wall. Anything can happen. You will have to go back. What? To the camp, to tell them, the team. They must know that we'll be there. It took me a year to get out of there. We need a contact. Colby must know, and also your corner. That's not my problem. You believe that? Look, I don't know what to believe. The only way they would have known about that had Sai's character go back and tell them. So he had to sacrifice his freedom to tell the rest of the team that you're going to get released or through this uh, French resistance. And it also looks like she's French-Canadian, Ryan. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And her IMDb picture does look a little Adrian-ish. It does. It Carol, really does. Carol Lore. Yeah, so she was very, uh, very cool. I liked her screen presence. I wish we kind of had more of her. What I found interesting is when he departed to go back to camp, to get caught again, to go back to camp, he gave a really weird, like, aggressive kiss. It was kind of a weird <laughs> – did you catch that kiss hug that he did? The kiss hug? Did you catch it? Am I just going – because there was no indication that they were romantic with each other. But imagine knowing somebody only for 24 hours and – but maybe there was an uncut scene or a deleted scene where they flirted more. They, but they were pretty cordial with each other, very platonic with each other, really. But he gave her kind of like a – snuck in a kiss on her, eh? That was a good scene too, the one in the in the little cafe or whatever, where you know she was sort of giving her perspective, where she's like, "I don't want to know your name." Oh yeah, because ultimately, if I hear your name as somebody who was caught and killed, that'll weigh on me, and it has weighed on me in the past with other people I knew. Thanks. No, merci. Look, lady, I just said thanks. No offense. We are both on the same side, aren't we? Please. Well, I just wanted to talk. It's been a long time since I've talked to a woman. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, Parlez-vous English? I understand you very well. Good. Then why don't you sit down and we'll talk? Hatch. My friends call me Hatch. No. You don't want to be my friend? I didn't want to hear your name. And now that I do, I don't want to hear anything else about you. The less I know, the better it is for you. And for you? And for me, too. My being here has put you and your friends in a tough spot. Is that why you're mad? I'm not mad. But being in a tough spot, as you call it, is where I choose to be. How do you feel about me being here? How do I feel? Mm -hmm. I feel responsible, hopeful. When I get word that someone I sheltered is safe, then I'm happy. I can forget them. But when I hear that they've been caught or killed, then I remember everything. I remember their face, their voices, what they said about their parents, their child, their pets. And I mourn for them. I don't want to mourn for you. Well, you're safe with me, Renee. How? Well, I'm uh, an orphan, a bastard. I have no parents, no money, I'm not married, no children, I don't even have a pet. And anything I might say in my sleep to the contrary can't be held against me. I, I thought that was, I mean, it was 
really probably like one of the only moments of genuine acting from Sly in the movie. I mean, yeah, I like this French too. Be, uh, knowing a little bit of French, just being Canadian stuff, it was like there's no way he, this guy. Well, granted, if he's worked with the Canadian military, I should say that's a good. Ah, and there's another good poll. There you go. Because of his time with the Canadian military, he's maybe worked with French officers and French military, so he knows a little bit of French. So that's legit. So they really made sure that we knew that he was working with the Canadian military to make his character legit. We should say this movie was sort of based on a true story. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, but didn't they also say that the true story has since been debunked? Well, not the whole the idea that it was a death match, I guess. But there was oh, some there's okay. some idea that there was a there was a but not just one match, many matches. Yeah, it was like place. a whole season season's worth of games. And the Germans always lost like too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm sure you guys got the vibe too that this was like a World War II version of the Longest Yard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Sly did the same thing again with Lockup <laughs> with the football game. You know, he likes these yeah, uh, pr- yeah, yeah. prison sports movies. So Colby, Michael Caine's character, kept rebuffing Hatch, Sly's character, for joining the team as a trainer or anything, right? And that was the initial attraction was Sly's, I can't play soccer. I know I can't play, but I want to get these three squares a day. So I want to be your trainer. I want to take care of the medical stuff and all that good stuff. I know medical stuff. Michael Caine's character character kept rebuffing Sly. What do you think you're doing? I decided to join the team. Oh? Tell me everything. Well, being on this team is a one-way ticket out of here, right? You're not on this team. Oh, yeah, sure I am. I'm the trainer. The what? The trainer. Colby, you forgot to put in for a trainer. Now, maybe I can't play your kind of football, right? But in my kind, you know everything there is to know about bruises, sprains, and charley horses. So if you just get on to your Van Steiner to get me some uh, bandages, some liniments, some oil, some tapes, we're in business. I don't want a trainer. Colby, I'm a ball player. I don't want to be left out of something like this. I just want to be around the guys. Bullshit. Don't do this to me. I don't need a con man. Listen, Colby, you and your team wrecked my escape. How? I was ready. I was waiting for my papers. I was going through the wash up, but only if those two goons were on duty. Now those two goons have been transferred to you. So the only way out of here is by being on that team. No. Why not? I won't be responsible for your death. You get yourself shot. That's my choice, isn't it? So what is it, yes or no? But then all of a sudden we see that he's on the team, but we missed. How did... Michael Caine's character agreed to let him play or be a part of the team, but it was never shown or expressed how he became a member of the team. Hmm. It was the it was the the tra- the trainer spiel he gave him. He's like, "You guys are gonna get bumped and bruised, and I'll tape you." And yeah, he said that, but Michael Caine still rebuffed him after that. I could be wrong because I was looking for where mm-hmm. okay, you can do that. That works. Just stay out of my way. It's almost like he just did it. I, I think we're led to believe he just kept doing it. He just because we see when Kane's character is giving them uh, the coaching tips and giving them their uniforms, Sly's character kept being like a busybody, kept talking, mm-hmm. kept uh, basically inserting himself literally and figuratively into this team of like, yeah, I'm here to train. Yeah, yeah, here's your uniforms. Yeah, do this, do that. Make sure you do this. And Michael Kane's character kept looking at him saying, they're in all different sizes, so make sure everything fits. Everything fits. And I want you all to know that if you're having any trouble with, say, appendicitis or heart attacks, that's okay. No problem. I can handle that. But listen, I don't want any blisters. No blisters allowed. 
So if there's anything wrong with any of you guys, tell me now, not later, okay? Little inconveniences, say like anal bleeding, tuberculosis, growing tumors, little inconveniences like that, all right? Come on, I'm just trying to get some team spirit going here, right, guys? Make sure everything fits. Yeah, everything fits, everything fits. I'll keep this myself. When all the players were getting trucked in, it was Michael Caine and and um, Hatch there greeting them, and he kept saying, "No, I'm, I'm Hatch, the trainer. Hatch, the trainer." Tony, nice to see you. <laughs> Great to see you. How are you? Hello, Hatch, the trainer. Doug right Clue. Yeah. What's going on? I'll tell you in a minute. Hatch, the trainer. Colby's money. Hello, Hatch, the trainer. Welcome to my holiday camp. Hello, how are you? Hello, Eric Ford, right? Yes, Colby. Hatch, the trainer. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello. Come inside. Hatch, the trainer. Yeah, so I think it's a little bit of comedy. I think that's where we're led to believe that Kane's character never agreed officially. He just gave up. I think that's what happened. But I was yeah. wondering if I missed Hatch anything. Hatch down. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a whiny child, he just warmed down, yeah. Sly's character goes to the French resistance, finds out the escape plan for the soccer team. He... We don't see – it's kind of a missed opportunity. Though. The film's already kind of long. It's nearing the two-hour mark when the film ends. But we don't see how Sly's character gets caught. I think that would have been a fun little sequence to see what did he do to get yeah. caught again. And even Wiki- up yeah, Wikipedia didn't even say how he got caught. And Sly's character actually brought up a really good point to the French resistance. He said – and I thought it before he said it. He goes, well, how do I know they're going to send me back to the same camp? I'm just going to be a prisoner of war. We need a contact. Colby must know and also your colonel. That's not my problem. You believe that? Look, I don't know what to believe. I don't. I mean, what what am I supposed to do? Break back into the camp? No, you get captured. Get captured. All right, suppose I get captured. And then they send me to the wrong prisoner camp. What, what about that? No, no. No, no, what about that? The Germans ridicule the same place again to show the other prisoners that you are not a success. Got all the answers, don't you? Yes. Mister, you will leave tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. This friggin' soccer game. This was a great kind of talking to the audience, but it actually brought up the point that I had in my own brain watching it. And their response was, no, they want to bring you back to the same camp to show that escape is futile. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. So I actually liked that reasoning that they kind of expose to the audience. But then they, they had a failed opportunity. Like, what did Patch do? Like, hey, guys, I'm here. Because <laughs> it wouldn't make sense for him just to... to expose himself like here i am now yeah, show back up because then they'd know that something had gone on like exactly why are you willingly so i guess they couldn't maybe think of a read what they could film so he's oh he's caught i don't know unless you know being an escaped pow they they sent out it like an apb kind of thing and he could have been just walking down the street and german officers being everywhere might have or german soldiers might have spotted him yeah yeah maybe close close circuit camera picked him up yeah, 1941. <laughs> Craig, he loves my jokes. Uh, I do like when uh, Slide did escape the first time. We got to see him shirtless. I think that might have been in the uh, contract. He's like, man, I got this physique. You better get me shirtless. Is this probably the like the slimmest he's ever looked on film? He did look lean, like really thin. Yeah, I guess he did. Yeah, he was pretty thin. You're right. Yeah, but it looked good on him. Like I don't. Oh no, I mean, it, yeah. yeah, I mean he he's always looked. Good, regardless of the shape he's in, even in Copland, which we talked about. That's what really threw me off about this is, you know, between 
filming First Blood and Rocky Three and this movie, they all had to be within a matter of what a year and a half of each other. So I mean, yeah. to go through that kind of physical transformation because Rocky Three was like I think one of the most ripped looks he's ever had. Yes, like I think well, he's like body fat in Rocky Three was one percent or something ridiculous. Three like percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I think it might have been easier for him to go from this to his Rocky three look. Cause all from, I mean, not all he had to do, but what he had to do between this and that was put on lean muscle. Yeah. And yeah. The shape that he was in, in Rocky two to go from that to rock to, to the shape in Rocky three, he would have had to have lost a lot of size uh, yeah, and a lot really, of body fat to get down to that. You see level. that here. So this is two years after Rocky two and he looks much thinner more gaunt yeah. in the face. He doesn't have that baby fat in his face at all anymore. It's gone. He lost 40 pounds for this role. Whoa. In First Blood, he's built like a normal guy, seemingly. I mean, in the jail scene where they're giving him the shower and stuff, I mean, he's fit. But like, you don't say, oh, this is a guy that was bodybuilding. Right. right. Yeah, I know. You're right. It's a fascinating time, I think, Sly, from a physical standpoint. I almost wonder like if Seiko or somebody like that who's into that scene would probably have a better understanding of what Sly was going through physically. Yeah, there's a lot of people that could probably expose this better than we can <laughs> about his physique. <laughs> oh, yeah, so Sly's character comes back, and they now have to convince the Germans that Sly's character gets to go on this trip, which is a hard sell because this guy did just escape. He's in the hole, and now Michael Caine's character has got to say, hey, look, we need him as our trainer, and Max von Sindow's character is like, ah. Uh-uh. That's not going to fly. There's got to be a better reason. The Michael Caine says, well, you know, he's our catcher. He's our goalkeeper. And they're like, no, you have a goalkeeper. They're like, no, his arm's broken. The team will be ready to travel at midday on Thursday. Further arrangements will be announced later. One of my men is in the punishment block, in solitary. I can give you a trainer. You don't need him. Hatch is my goalkeeper. The American? No. Tony Lewis is your goalkeeper. He's broken his arm. When did this happen? This morning. Put someone else in gold. Hatch is my best man. I thought the idea was to give us a chance. This is the idea. If the camp doctor verifies this broken arm, you may have the American. Thank you. What a great little moment where Max von Sindel's like, show me his broken arm and he can be... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa! And I was like, I can't, I can't... I would have bladed my whole platoon of people. I'm not breaking my arm for you guys. Sorry, we're not. (laughs) I guess we're not escaping prison. I would rather have a no one is stepping on my arm so we can get out of prison. I don't know what. I don't know what would you guys have done to. Yeah, no, that's. I don't know who had it worse, the guy who had to get his arm broken or Michael Caine. Like, how do you not pull that punch? You're gonna step on a guy's arm to snap it. I I don't know if I could do that. I know they didn't show it. Show it, but it. Put you here, put your arms between these bedboards, and he lifts his foot up. Well, Tony, try and make it a clean break, will you? I'll try. I won't even get to see the game, will I? Sit on your bed. Put your arm between those two, will I can't. I, bone breaking in general is not something that I enjoy watching. Again, it was a great, great acting. Michael Caine was just a real star of this film. And just really great acting when, when he's talking to this poor little kid saying, you know, the way he comforted and was serious with the kid at the same time. It was all great stuff by Michael Caine. 
And I do want to yeah. say with Sly, like he did a good job. Sly did a good job. It wasn't him so much again, I think, with the directing where I, I wish they kind of I wish they didn't make him look so silly with his inability to play soccer because when he did sort of was able to play it a little bit come crunch time, they should have made him just a little bit better of a player. Well, let's skip ahead to the game. We're at the point now where we can probably go to the game. So they played at this Coliseum. I think it's called Columbies or something, or I don't know how to pronounce it. But they actually, it was a stadium that they filmed. Uh, it was filmed in Hungary is where it was filmed. So they used the stadium there. But let's just talk about the crowd. That's real people. There's no CGI in 81. How did they get all yeah. those people? Those legit oh, crowds they, there, man. They filmed it, what, in, in Hungary, I think? Yeah, <clears throat> Hungary, yeah. Probably a big football town or a big soccer town. You tell people, hey, Pele, you're going to see Pele. Like, Oh, good selling point. Yeah. Hey, do you want to – well, and Sly was a big star at the time and yeah. uh, coming off the Rocky film. So, you know what? That would be, hey, do you want to be an extra in a film and watch a film being shot and make some noise? You get to see Pele and Sly on the soccer field. I will say the soccer stuff at the end was some great filming. Great. Well, great. there was such a hackneyed bit of filmmaking at the end of this movie. I enjoyed it. Look, it's the most exciting soccer I've ever watched. <laughs> no, but – and I know I talked about this when we did the slidecast, and okay. I don't want to spoil the big Pele kick. That's the kind of shit that we did as kids on the playground. You would yes, pretend every- it's a Pele kick. Oh, we're going to show it again in slow motion. Four like, times. Yeah. <laughs> I expected a lot more of John Houston, and, and I – bet it wasn't his decision i'm sure the producers were like hey we've got pele we've got the super kick how can we not show it 85 different times the opening ceremonies the crowd sequence the players playing on the field just straight up playing soccer and the fact that the allied forces went down for nothing the way they did all very realistic because i was feeling stressed out because i I haven't seen this movie in a long time and i was like i I feel like they did they won something why are they They're down for nothing, and soccer getting down for nothing is like being down fifty to nothing in football in the third quarter. It's a huge mountain to climb. When they can make their comeback, I was actually getting that kind of that rocky cheer, like the underdog. You know, they're coming back. The filming of the players because they used real players, watching them do their soccer skills. It's always kind of fun to watch people who are good at their craft doing these soccer plays. But yes, the Pele goal that made it four four. When they did that triple take or whatever on on the bicycle kick. I was surprised they did. It's like, oh, we had kind of a serious film going here. Now all of a sudden it turned to like the Karate Kid crane kick at the end type. (laughs) (laughs) They had to showcase the Pele kick. Well, Pele really did that, though. I mean, I don't know how effective it was or became. I think it was kind of a gimmick, but. Sure. It looks good. As a kid, I tried it. Every kid tried it. (laughs) Seriously, grade school, every kid was trying that bicycle kick because of this movie. That movie, Mm -hmm. even this movie kind of had its own little. The same way the Karate Kid had that crank kick. Everyone was mimicking the crank kick. Everyone mimicked this bicycle kick. I think it's called a bicycle kick is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Halftime comes. Halftime was when they're supposed to escape. The water comes down in the bathhouse there. The French resistance there to free the players. Everyone's going down the ladder. And then one of the players says, hey, we're, d- we're only down 4-1. I got a feeling we can win this game. Hutch, we still got a chance. Chance, my ass. Come on, Lou. Yeah, but Hutch, don't you see? You guys crazy or something? You have no chance. Don't you understand? No chance. Them in the bloody red. I can't believe you guys. You're a bunch of goddamn maniacs. I don't want to go for you. Let's go back. We can win this. Who said that? I did. It's not as though we're being slow to skip it. What do you mean we can win? 
That game means a lot to us. You know that. We must go back. Hats, Please. Let's go. We can win. Come on. Hat, if we run now, we lose more than a game. Please, Hat. I was actually a little bit stressed out. I'm like, look, guys, it's a freaking soccer game. The crowd's going to go home angry. So be it. I'm out of here. What yeah. would you have done in this situation? In real life, guys, what would you have done? Left. I would have been gone. It's not even a question. Who cares? Who cares yeah. about your pride? You're freaking prisoners of war. I know on the movie, it's the right decision, so to speak. But even for me, I consider myself kind of a morally okay, good person. Like, I'm not, look, I'm not a saint. But I got to admit, I'd be like, guys, I'm sorry. I have a family. I've got a <laughs> mother at home that's worried about me. Is I'm not going to blame you. I'm a prisoner of a German war camp. I'm out of here. Yeah. But they went back and played the game, and I'm now I'm stressed out because I'm like, well, you guys, you're down. For-. I was like, I hope you guys lose. Imagine if they lost, went back. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great because the people that were in the crowd that knew about the plan, and even the uh, Max van Sindel character, he was a little bit like, I wonder if they're going to come back. And when they all came back, I liked their reactions like, oh, my gosh, what, is, what has happened that they're back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot how it ended. Do you want to talk about the ending? It goes to the, the penalty kick, right? This is the Germans' big chance to win, right? They've already bested Hatch in a penalty kick. So you're like, oh, Hatch is going to let this kick go by. So this is Stallone's big moment. So we'll speak to what Doug spoke to earlier. So the Allied forces tied up 4-4. In fact, they even made it 5-4, but a goal was uh, taken back. It was for the audience to show that they had won the game, but they didn't win the game because the corrupt German officials took the goal back. It was an unfair goal, they called it, even though it was a fair goal. So now it's 4-4. Now the Germans have a penalty kick. So this is Sly's moment. He didn't get to have the uh, quote-unquote winning goal, but he got to save the goal. In a weird way, this game kind of went the distance. So, like Nobody won, you know, mm-hmm. but they went the yeah. distance. So the game ends in a tie. Soccer can end in a tie. They had these unbeatable odds because they had corrupt, you know, corrupt German officials. They were all these odds. You know, they had injured players because they were getting injured throughout the game. So it's kind of like this moral victory, even though it was a tied game. This guy does the penalty kick, and I'm telling you guys, I could have saved that penalty. <laughs> it was like the worst penalty kick in history. But I love uh, Sly's character when he saves. It was a softy. It was like a horrible kick. People that could kick a ball on this yeah. film. I don't know why they didn't kick it like, like a real curve to it or something. It was one of those kicks where you catch it in the middle of your chest. It should have been like a layout, one arm, like slap the ball. Exactly. At the last second, you know. So but you see he, those in soccer games, yeah. those replays or those incredible yeah. soccer where it's like literally just off their finger and it bounces off the crossbar. I, right. I know I know it sounds silly, but you know, goalies make those type of saves. But this was mm-hmm. literally, ooh, it's right in my chest. Okay, well then it wasn't. You barely had to move. It literally, yeah. he, he 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 hit you. Right. Anyway, he so he fell over and made that save. The big save is made. Everyone's cheering. And then we see something that doesn't happen very much in it's pro sports anymore. But there used to be a time. Well, you guys are old. You remember uh, the old days of baseball and stuff there. The, the crowd used to rush the field. They don't do it anymore. But they're not allowed to. A lot harder now. This is great. And I forgot how they escaped. 
But the crowd on this, keep in mind, this crowd is all Paris, so they're all allied. They're all quote unquote good people from the good country. When the game was tied and the game was over, the crowd rushed. What a great sequence, too. Again, no CGI. These were real people rushing these real actors. I wonder how many takes that was. I don't know. Probably, that, probably one. Take a lot to reset that. Just get a shitload of cameras. Make sure you got all your coverage. I wonder if they had to sign a waiver of don't hurt the actors. Because how do you control that chaos? I mean, it was controlled. Was it just a product of the time of the 80s where no one was a dick? You know, the wide shots, you got the big crowd. And I'm sure the main it's actors right, were nowhere, right, right there, yeah. nowhere near that. And then for the coverage shots, you got a, a much smaller group of extras. But so what happened was the crowd comes out. It's a great idea because there's too many people. The guards can't shoot everyone. They're going to shoot everyone. So no shots were fired. The, the German guards were overwhelmed because even they knew. It was like, what am I going to do? Open fire on a thousand people? Mm-hmm. Ten? There's fifty thousand people in the crowd, by the way. So if you have fifty thousand people, it doesn't matter how many machine guns you have, you're going to be overpowered eventually. You're 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 not going to be able to draw that weapon. People are going to overpower you and take your weapon away. So the guards just let them go. They ran over them and they crowded around the Allied soccer players and they all threw jackets over their uh, soccer uniforms. You couldn't pick them out in a crowd. And they just ran out the city or ran out the uh, the main gate of the stadium and that was the end of the movie. What a, I quite enjoyed that moment. And we should note that the French actress, or her character, was in the crowd too with her son saying, look, there's our future husband. I think we're led to believe they hooked up after the game. Nowadays, you would never end a movie on that though. There would be some epilogue. It would be like where... another 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad they ended it that way. Yeah, it was really cool. They just we just assumed they got out, but for all we know, there was like a freaking uh, Sherman tanks lined up at the street. And they they like rolled over everybody. <laughs> Who knows? It's ambiguous enough that we're just led to believe. Yeah, they all got away and went their separate. I almost think they went their separate ways enough. They never spoke to each other again. That they all went to their own home countries. It was just they never. There was no internet back then, and they just all went their separate ways. That was it. Mm-hmm. There you go. Victory. Escape the victory. V for victory. Whatever the film's called. <laughs> This was an interesting film because as I was watching, as we as we do for the show, I'm, I'm watching and thinking, oh, how am I going to, you know, make the podcast kind of fun or interesting as we talk about it. And some movies kind of just provide fodder. Our last movie, Backtrace, just provided so much like what is going on. So, but this was a well-crafted, sequential, nobody mm-hmm. acted poorly. Biggest criticism I had wasn't Sly's acting. It was just his character portrayal that he was told to do. I just wish he wasn't so silly when it came to the soccer game in the camp that he was just – he could have been more just serious the way he was all the time. I think if his character was always kind of more serious, Tony, I felt there was a weird comic relief with him. Because he kept saying three times in the film, he kept saying, oh, this soccer game is ruining everything. He said that like three times. It was done in a comedic way. This soccer game is wrecking my life. Do, do, do. It mm-hmm. just felt that way. And it was said that way. He kept trying to escape, but this darn soccer game kept pulling him back in. I think overall, it's a good film. It, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 67 fresh rate. I think it's a fair rating. I have two different opinions about this because it, it depends on, on what angle you're, you're watching the film from. As a dramatic piece, as like a period piece from World War II, I thought it was very well put together. It was a good script. The acting was Max von Sydow and and Michael Caine. Oh, my God. They killed it in this movie. Yeah, they were good. It was beautifully shot. I mentioned the cinematography before. From that aspect, I thought it was a great movie. But I also – I was trying to watch it as like a sports film. Mm. And as a sports film, my biggest issue was that there was no character development 
by any of the other players mm-hmm. on the Allied's team. I didn't care about anybody on the team except Hatch and Colby. View it through like this is a sports movie and these are players on a team that we care about. You would have to develop a few more characters and give them storylines. If you're looking at it from a sports movie perspective, they spend too much time on the escape storyline. If you're looking at it from a dramatic film, you got exactly what you want. So I was kind of torn between which lens I was viewing the film. That's a good point. Because I look at a movie like Lockout, which is actually probably a shorter film than Victory is. We got character development with that film with Chink. The kid that you know wanted to drive first, a car, first base. First base. First base. The guy says, "Don't trust anybody." Uh, Tom Sizemore's character, mm-hmm. the prison ward, uh, John Stamos. What's his name? Or Amos? John Amos? <laughs> what's, his, the, uh, um, what's his name? The the big guy from yeah. from the Meat House. That's too, right. Uh, yeah, that was Chink. Frank McCray. Oh yeah, that wasn't uh-huh. Chink. Yeah, Frank McCray. That was I his name. His oh no, Chink was the bad guy. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't at me, people. That's his name, the character in the movie. All these characters, great characters. Like, the fact that we could just pull these characters off. There was like <laughs> seven characters in an hour, 40-minute movie in lockup. They all had actual characters. There's other ones, too. The the fat prison guard, too. Like, there was, all of them had these. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the warden. Great character development in lockup. One of my favorite side movies of all time, quite frankly. Great character. And you're right, Doug. You're absolutely right. I never quite caught that. That in, that in this film, a movie that's almost two hours long, and the movie that they started with the soccer right away. Like we got to the soccer game, the idea of the soccer game right away. It was authorized right away. There was no struggle to get this game done. No conflict in getting the game on. You know, there's very little conflict other than the score. Yeah, we never felt for the other characters' freedom. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Yeah. Good point. Just flesh out a, a few more characters and got like a good bones of, of a team. You know? Yeah, that's odd. And again, the, the Sly and Von Sindel and Michael Caine's character is well done, but it's weird that they didn't have – it's almost admirable how much they didn't develop anyone else, but still somehow made the movie work. Yeah, I know. Even like the British officers, like you, you know almost nothing about them. They were the weakest part of the film. They were kind of like the bumbling Senate of the oh. characters that were developed. Like you, I wanted more of the team development than yeah, the officers' definitely. development. Yeah, all those guys were good for was like some knowing side eye glances and raised eyebrows and shit. That, that was about it. There was a trade off there, right? It was you either get really good actors yeah. or guys that could play soccer. Mm-hmm. You don't want to watch one of those soccer guys attempt to do like try to act. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's a very, very good point, Craig. In fact, that's why we never we never see Michael Caine up close at all playing soccer. I think there was a couple moments with the cameras on him in the field and everything was overhead shot. So there's times it's like, where is Kane's character? Like his double was just that much slimmer and faster than Kane that I lost track of where his character was on the field. So you you do have to sacrifice. Look, we got a big soccer game to film at the end. We had to do a lot of close up shots. They did some great, you know, other, you know, fun little movie close up slow motion, you know, shots. And these were the guys that we saw. That's what made it work is these are the same faces we saw in the camp are now playing the game close up. So that's the flip side. The weakest part of the soccer game was. Sly and Kane's characters look terrible playing soccer. For real, they just did. Even though when they're not supposed to look bad, Sly still looked – he didn't look like a natural soccer player. The way he does is a boxer. Let's be fair. He looks like a cool boxer, but he doesn't look like a good soccer player, even on film. Flip that side over, Craig, right? During the camp scenes and the acting scenes of the camps, yeah, Kane and Sly did a great job acting when it came to – and the soccer players, they were just background. No acting, just be soccer players in the background. So would you recommend this film to uh, Sly fans who maybe haven't seen it or aren't mind by spoilers? 
Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. It's not in the upper echelon. I'd say it's a middle tier uh, Sly movie. You mentioned Lockup. I know we we have Cliffhanger way up there as as a top tier Sly Sly film. Copland. This is a middle tier one. I would recommend it if you want to complete the Sly collection. Yeah, put this you know in the top third of viewing bundle there. I mean, I would recommend this for somebody who's a Sly fan. But the other interesting thing about this, we all love First Blood. You don't have to convince any of us of First Blood's merits. But you could almost say that Victory is really like the last pure acting movie that Sly did until probably Copland. Mm. After this, I mean, he did First Blood. And I mean, First Blood's an action movie. Nobody looks at it and says, oh, it's a tour de force acting movie you know i mean brian denny he's great in that sly's great in that everybody's great in that this movie i think they really sold it on this was sly acting and i think this is the last time that it really occurred overtly at least until copland and i think the movie's notable for that i think after that point sly threw in the talon was like f it i'm just gonna focus on what i'm good at at least from a box office standpoint you know what i mean there's that alternate universe where after victory, Sly went down and just did a whole bunch of ensemble roles, you know? That's crazy. It's, it is weird. Uh, Craig, you're, you're spot on. We should know we just recently, a few episodes ago, did Nighthawks. Nighthawks came out in 81. So did Victory. So here's two movies in two years – or sorry, two movies in one year where Sly is not playing Rambo. He's not playing Rocky and he's doing a really good job. And then Rocky Three came out right after Victory and that just catapulted him like, you are Rocky. <laughs> you are Rocky. That same year of eighty two, yeah, first blood comes out. So you are Rambo. Then you did Rhinestone, that bombed. We'll get to that movie eventually. And then it then it was like Rambo Rocky Four, Rambo Part Two, Rocky Four. Again, you are Rocky. You are Rambo. It's like okay. Then he does Cobra. And so it's weird. Again, that one kinda and then over the top kind of eh. Then Rambo three came out. Oh, you are Rambo. And then Lockup came up. We kind of get that weird, yeah, and then Rocky Five came out in 1990, and just, oof, that just really hurt him. Lockup's an action movie. It was marketed and presented as an action film. It wasn't like, oh, watch Sly act opposite Frank McRae here. Yeah, it was an action drama. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I quite enjoyed Victory. I was, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I was going to be more bored than it was, but I wasn't. I thought it was going to be filmed poorly more than it was. I was like, oh, this is a... It's actually a good film. I actually have all the films I've seen. I think this one surprised me the most. And in some ways, I was bored by that. I was like, there's nothing really to rip on. It was actually a – The pacing of it, of a two-hour movie, it went by at a good pace. We just did Backtrace. That was a 90-minute movie that oh. dragged. That felt like it was two and a half hours long. I actually didn't look at the clock once. Yeah. No, it, it was a quick movie. Because I enjoyed Michael Caine. I enjoyed Max Mm -hmm. Van Sindel. And then when Stallone was on the screen, he was fun to watch in a younger role. It was fun to watch him act pre, you know, First Blood. So all these things together, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a bad choice. I think I looked at the clock like, really? There's (laughs) (laughs) – But it makes for fun recording. So that's the – so this might be a boring episode for people. I don't know. It might be. So let's wrap it up. Again, I am Ryan from Going the Distance in the Creed uh, series podcast on this feed. And we we appreciate everyone's support on this feed. And uh, I know a lot of people do like these uh, together episodes. They seem to do well. So we appreciate you guys coming on. And take a listen to other stuff if you haven't already. Slycast. Again, you know, maybe four times a year you'll see a Slycast episode pop up in this feed. If you want to be a part of the Rocky Four or Rocky Five anniversary celebration episodes, it's not too late. 
hit us up on Twitter or the Facebook page to find out how to send your thoughts in about the movie. I'm accepting email submissions and also MP3 clips. Just make sure it's under two minutes. Go to the Twitter page or the Facebook group or the Facebook page for the Slidecast and you can find out all the details on how to be a part of that. Those are exciting episodes and I'm looking forward to it. Some of my favorite Slidecast episodes are the anniversary episodes because they're, you know, you don't have to do a lot of research for it. You get to just talk about how great a movie is. Yeah, well, Rocky Minute, we hope you're enjoying our re-releases of our episodes. We don't have many long episodes. I'm like bombing the fee with these episodes but they're all like between 15 and 25 minute long maybe you get a half hour episode here and there but they're short they're easily digestible so trying to get everybody to catch up trying to get some new listeners we already released two seasons under an old feed since we've been invited here on the going the distance feed we want to catch everybody up before uh, releasing season three so i hope everybody's enjoying rocky minute and uh, your listener group, plug your listener group. It doesn't need any plug. Holy smokes. It's amazing. <laughs> I have it's no amazing. idea what the hell is going on, but we have a, a listener's group on Facebook called Mighty Mix. Yeah, I think you're going to have to Rocky sell that eventually. Don't people like build up groups on Facebook and then sell them? That's your retirement, that, Doug. You're nearing 3,000. So. <laughs> aren't you nearing 3,000 on that? Yeah, uh, we're at 23 or 2,400 right now. I remember when you, how long, not how long, but it took you a slug to get there to 100. Yeah, it took a while to get going, but lately I'm just I'm getting nine, ten requests at, at a clip. It's yeah. insane. That's awesome. You can also join the Go With the Distance <laughs> Rocky Series podcast <laughs> feed uh, or, or sorry, feed uh, a podcast page on Facebook. Uh, we did have one. We had a page like Craig has for Slycast, a page, not a group. Uh, right now, the Going the Distance is a group, so that's Going Distance Rocky Series podcast is a group. But we had a page up to six thousand people following it. And it got taken down by Facebook. Somebody complained about something. I don't know what it was, but we got no word of warning from Facebook. They said, you broke one of our agreements. End of story. Deal with it. It was weird. So ever since then, I've been very yeah. careful with the Rocky group. Uh, I don't know what I said or did, but uh, anyways, it's because it's all good for the brand. It's all good for the uh, for everybody. And our YouTube page, it's broken 2,700 subscribers as well. So we'd like to thank everyone that comes. People keep subbing and hating our stuff, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> they're the people that want to watch Assassins, and they're pissed when it's not the movie. But they sub. People keep subscribing. I wanted to watch Backtrace. How come Backtrace isn't streaming here? Oh, I love it. I Meanwhile, love it. we got four people watching right now. Well, our last live stream, it, though, yeah, we don't get a lot. It, it's almost at 500 views. So we're getting the views on YouTube. So we thank those who go on YouTube and watch these as well. So, all right, guys, that's it. Talk to you yeah, guys man. later. Okay, you guys See don't you hang time. up. <laughs>